Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast would help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Well, we're going to continue in our study of the Gospel of Mark this morning. So if you have your Bibles or your devices or the notes, um, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be cruising through the first uh, 20 verses of the chapter. And here's kind of the, the heart and the idea of the principle that's being taught by Jesus this morning, is that there is an, uh, an ideal environment for things to grow in the way that they were created to, to grow. And so fruit or plants that we would say are tropical plants or tropical fruits, if you take them and you plant them in a place that is not tropical, that plant is not going to do so well. It's not the ideal environment for that. And you could say the same thing for maybe a plant that is from here, because we all know this is not tropical. And if we were to take something from here and plant it in a tropical environment, that would not be the ideal environment for that thing to grow, and it would either die or its growth would be stunted. I've often wondered if that's why my height is the way it is, but we will <laughs> save that for another day. I'm not actually insecure about my height, by the way. People say, tell me, after I say stuff like that, like, Ben, don't, don't discount your, your shortness. I'm like, okay. It's like <laughs> Nehemiah, right? He was only... Anyways, we are after it this morning. Um, but the similar thing could be said about children. Right? There's an ideal learning environment. For some of them, it's going to be uh, being surrounded by peers, where we're all learning together, we're all going in the same direction, we're all being challenged in a similar amount. Some other kids may do better in an environment where they're around people who are challenging them. So they're constantly being pushed forward. Um, maybe some kids need an environment, and their ideal environment would be something that has less visual or audible stimulation. But here's, here's the big idea, that in God's creation, there are ideal environments to produce the fruit that is desired. And today in Mark chapter 4, Jesus breaks down the ideal environment for our hearts as we would want to grow kingdom fruit in our, in our lives. And as Jesus is processing through and teaching through, he uses something called parables. And this is something that we begin to see as Jesus is teaching. This is one of about 46 parables that Jesus is about to step into and teach. And so we've got to understand just a few things about parables. And um, Right in verse 2 within our scripture, which we'll get to here in just a few minutes, it says that he was teaching them in many spiritual, uh, he was teaching them in many things in, in parables. And so a parable is a natural story containing a spiritual truth. And we know that this isn't a style of teaching that was exclusive to Jesus during this time. Right? The rabbis of this time would often teach in these, these stories to help bring these truths come to life. But the unique thing about Jesus is that as he is teaching, he's actually bringing stories into, into the telling um, that are relevant 
Jesus is being relevant towards the people that he's talking to. A lot of these rabbis would uh, tell these stories and use these illustrations, but they would be um, aimed towards the people in the high courts. They would aimed, and it would go above so many people's heads. And so Jesus is coming down, and he is helping us and his followers to understand what the truth is that he is teaching. Um, he, he's not reaching down to humanity and telling these stories so that he can frolic with us in our sin. But he does want it to be, wants it to be relevant. The, the word parable literally means to throw alongside, to cast truth alongside of uh, a story. And it's important to note because this is actually something that I recently uh, learned about is that within a parable, it's not an allegory. And so you see like stories written by like C.S. Lewis and in, in allegories, they have like every little piece has this meaning, right? And so you're, you're wondering like, oh, why did he use this word? Why did, why did he use uh, this, this character? Why is his name this? Why does he look like this, right? And all of these, in an allegory, all of these things are relevant and they're applicable. But for uh, these types of stories that Jesus is telling, these parables, it has one central truth. And so it, it's been easy for me in the past because I like to break it down and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what this, this part means. I wonder what this part means, right? And looking for all of the, the hidden details that most people would miss. But that's not what Jesus is doing. He's not trying to hide a point in, in some, some story. He's He's centralizing a, a point. That's the whole idea of the parables. And as Jesus is living and ministering in an agrarian society, he uses something that they would understand. He, he talks about the ground a lot. He talks about the dirt. And the dirt, as we get into it today, is representative of the environment of people's hearts. And so the invitation that Jesus is giving to the disciples and those who are hearing and the invitation that he's giving to us today is to investigate whether the environment of our heart is grounds for growth. That's the title of the message this morning. Another thing that a parable does is a parable draws the seeker and distances the superficial. You'll see Jesus say this a lot after he gives a parable. He says something like this, and you'll see it in verse 9 in our scripture today. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. And I love the literalists because they're, they're walking around like, whoa, Jesus must have been talking to a lot of people without ears. No, they, they, they had physical ears, okay? Jesus could see their ears, but what he's saying is, if you want to hear what I'm truly saying, it's time to press in. It's time to step into that and say, I've got something to grow here. I'm not leaving this spot until I grow. So when Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for, for all of us. And so when Jesus would tell a story where he would give a, a parable, the crowd and the disciples would have a similar thought. They would say, huh. I didn't quite get all that Jesus was saying there. And the crowd would say, okay, go about their day. The disciples would say, no, there's more there. I've, I've got to get the more. And that's the encouragement today. Let's, let's press in, shall we? As we get into our text today in Mark chapter 4, 
We know Jesus has come back to the city of Capernaum, which is located along the Sea of Galilee. The crowds are coming from far and wide to hear and be healed by Jesus, and they are inescapable at this point. Jesus and his disciples make their way to the sea, which provides a great opportunity for teaching. And so with that, let's jump into our scripture this morning. It says in Mark 4.1, Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about, so that he got into a boat and sat in on the sea. The whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. Now, at, at this point, it's assumed that there's about seven to 10,000 people who are listening. And so some scoffers would say, there's absolutely no way that Jesus, without having a, a, a speaker, could communicate. But actually, if you go to Israel and you look at some of the coves, what takes place is if, if you stand in these coves, there's actually roads that you can drive on now above these coves. And as the people are driving by, they can hear the people just speaking with a normal voice down there because of the acoustics created in this area. So it would, it's very feasible for Jesus just to be speaking in a normal or preaching style loud voice and for seven to 10,000 people hear it. It's, it's, it's amazing, but it's, it's true. You can, you can look that up. You can fact check, it, fact check it if you would like. But verse two, it says, and he was teaching them many things and parables and his teaching, uh, he said to them, listen, here, here he goes with the parable. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came, and they devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. Anybody thinking of that right now and just being like, oh, I could use some sunshine. <laughs> I'm just looking out that back window. I keep seeing the snow fall, and I'm like, shoot. It was scorched, I prophesied in Jesus' name, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. So what happens next? It says, and when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And so some people are pressing in. You've got the disciples obviously, obviously pressing in. But again, there's also that differentiation where people from the crowd have now taken that step forward and now saying, I've got a little bit more to learn. I've got a little bit more to, to, to grow here. And so they press in and they asked him about the parables. In verse 11, he says to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that, as it was prophesied, they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And then he goes to break it down. The sower sows the word. And those are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have 
no root in themselves, but they endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Verse 18. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who heard the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Notice that what's happening as we look at the scriptures from earlier in Mark and now moving into chapter 4 is there's a transition from what Jesus is doing. Jesus was working in signs, wonders, and, and miracles, and now he's teaching. Why is that? Because this is an example of discipleship. One of the things that Jesus examples time and time again is that he'll touch and then he'll train. He'll touch, we'll see healing, we'll see miracles, we'll see powerful stuff, but then there's a step to go deeper, to train and take deeper into discipleship. It's touch and then it's train. And it's quite clear from this passage that having a fruitful life as a disciple has everything to do with our, our heart. Now, before we get to the very crux of this passage, let's make sure we understand all the important parts of the parable. So first, we've got the sower. Who's the sower? Someone say Jesus. So the sower is Jesus. Verse 3 says the sower went out to sow some seed, and we see that Jesus was traveling around, and he was spreading this message, which we'll get to next. And so that seed is the message of the kingdom. It's in verse 14. It tells us that the seed is the word. In Matthew 13, where there's a little bit more detail about this story, it says that Jesus is communicating the message of the kingdom, which makes sense, right? This is what Jesus does. He shows up and he says, the kingdom of God is here. Repent, enter in, come on, be a part of it. This is the new reign. It's coming in. Let's enter into it. You are welcome to enter into it. And that's the time that we live in right now. There's a great invitation for us to step into the kingdom of, of God. And then there's the soil. And these are the four different types of responses in someone's heart. This is the environment of people's hearts. And this is where we get to uh, dig in and investigate in our own lives. Where's, where's our heart? Where has our heart been? I think it'd be helpful, and I wrote on our note sheets maybe some questions in there to just process, have, have there been times in my life where I've been in this stage, where my life has looked like this, my heart has looked like this? And let's just con consider them. It's also important to note real quick that Mark doesn't directly use the term heart here in this because, again, Mark is trying to move quickly through this and get us to the message of the cross. And so some of those details are missed over. But uh, in Luke 8.15, again, where it gives a little bit more detail about the story, it says, but the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. Excuse me. And so there we have it, right here in the midst of our passage, is the idea of our heart. And so what are the different types of, of hearts? I mentioned that as Jesus was telling these parables, these would be something that would 
be like right, right in front of them. And so if you go to Israel and you were to travel along this area, you would see places that Jesus is actually referring to. And so I've got some things here. Someone mentioned that this looked like a bag of weed. Um, it's, it's not, okay, we're not talking about Aaron's rod that budded or holy smoke or anything like that. Uh, it is some, some bark. We're going to use it as dirt here today, just so I don't lose you as you're, you're thinking um, that I've, I've got that. Anyways, um, so as Jesus is telling these stories, right away they'd be on a, a path, and this path would be kind of like crushed up, stomped in, rocks, okay? And as this person is walking along this trail, uh, the, some of the seeds would fall out onto this trail. And basically what would happen is as these seeds would fall out, something would come and they would pluck it away. These birds, right? Birds like seeds. You ever see birds come and eat seeds? I've been in like Central Park where you like throw up some seeds and like all the birds come in. It's crazy. It's a little bit scary. I don't recommend it. But uh, um, that's, that's what is being depicted here. And as, as Jesus is along walking, um, there would be these terraces. And so we think about like grain fields here. You drive south a little bit and you see these vast fields. Well, that's not exactly what this, is, this story is, is talking about. These would be along the hillsides and they're terraces that would kind of go back and forth along, along the hillside. And so as there is this path, it would be the rock and the seed would fall out on it. And so this person... Um, as it's depicting this heart, the person with this type of heart hears the word and Satan immediately steals it like these birds sweeping, swooping in for, for the seed. And so this person's heart is not concerned, it's uninterested, it's apathetic towards spiritual truth. They're happily agnostic. When we talk about Jesus, this person is like, I, I just don't care. I don't care. And I'm not throwing any shame on, on anybody for that. I'm just simply stating that that's, that's where this heart is. But again, the heart doesn't have to remain there. I've found myself in places like this before, in seasons like this before. And I believe, quite honestly, that it was through the prayer life of my parents that brought me out of that season to where it, it wasn't any longer and I don't care. And it may also, if we find ourselves there this morning, it's as simple as saying, God, if you're real, God, if, if you're actually here, God, if you actually want me to get a hold of this, like, I, I have this conversation with people who are with this indifferent heart, and I'm like, just like, what if, right? Play what if with me for a second. What if God was actually real? What if God actually created you for a purpose. Like, I know you don't believe that right now, but, but what if? If there's even that smallest of chance, just say a quick prayer. God, if you're out there, help me to know that you're real and help me to know that you're there. Come on, that, that's how I met Jesus, in a jail cell, crying out, God, if you're real, boom. I heard the voice of God. I knew he was real. My life was turned around. That's my testimony. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So Jesus 
um, is now sowing this seed through through his his people and, and as through us through his church right Jesus continues to sow this message of the kingdom of God through our voices as we would be faithful to open it up and it, it just goes to say that as we're talking about this seed being scattered this message of the kingdom of God being scattered this is a part of spiritual warfare when when the word is spoken when we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ when that is shared this, this is a part of spiritual, spiritual warfare. And so, as you would think of it, as I'm, I'm preaching or any other person is preaching or any time that we're sharing the word, just, just pray over that person. Pray over it. But um, the indifferent heart, the second type of ground that we see and the second type of heart would be the superficial heart. And so this is where, uh, as you kind of transition from the walkway, and now you're moving a little bit more towards where the seeds should actually be planted, you've got a little bit more of that, that rock scattered in, but then you've got some dirt that goes on top of it. And you'll notice that if the seeds fall on that, the, the, they're not going to be able to go very deep before they hit the rock. And so they're going to spring up right away. But it says that once that heat comes, once trials come, once difficulties come, that they're going to get scorched. That they're going to fall, fall away. And that's what Jesus is is talking about here, this super, superficial heart. And we see this where people get excited Right? We're excited about following Jesus. We're, we, we jump all in and, and we, say, we say the prayer and we think that's it. We've got to go deeper. It's, it's, a great, it's a great way to be introduced into the kingdom of God. But we've got to, we've got to dig deeper. We've got to grow. We've got to grow deeper. We've got to recognize that just giving our life to Jesus doesn't mean that we're never going to have any issues. But what the promise is, is that when we have issues, that God's going to use them for our benefit to shape us into looking more and more like, like Jesus. So if, boy, if you only knew the amount of people that I've walked through, walked, walked, with life, walked through life with, there we go, uh, where they've been sitting in church for 20 30 years, and they responded at one point, and they've kind of come to church out of religious respect, and then they have this thing happen where they're like, whoa, following Jesus is actually more than I, I knew. There's actually, I, I can actually be, be growing in this. I can actually keep taking steps in this. Man, this is, this is one of the reasons while I'm still convinced that the church is a great place to see people saved. Just because you're seated in a church doesn't mean that you're, you're saved. So do we, have, do we have a superficial heart? Do we just want Jesus to do some cool stuff in our life? Or are we actually saying, my life in its entirety is, is yours? Because that's actually what the meaning of Lord is where he directs the whole thing. We give the whole thing over to him. The third type of ground that Jesus talks about uh, and the third type of heart that he talks about is the distracted, the distracted heart. I had a little piece. Let me see if it's... 
nope, I lost my thorn. Hey, I mean, that, that'll prophesy, right? The thorn's gone. It's bad for my illustration, though, y'all. So here's the other type of ground. As you move a little bit closer, you've got some dirt, but you have some thorns. Imagine some thorns sticking up out of here, okay? And as, did you find it? Did you find my thorn? Oh, come on, give me my thorn. Thank you, Michael. And so, let's see if it'll stick in there. Yeah, we'll just say, we'll just go like that. Yep, there we go. All right, well, it's in there. And so, as those seeds would fall on this thorny ground right here, as it grows up, it can't have the full view, the full picture of, of the sun. And if we're truly going to be reflecting the sun in, in all of its glory, we've got to have his full, the, the full brightness, illumination from him. And this is kind of being stomped out by, the, by these thorns here. And so this is the distracted heart. And this can be a number of different things. It can be the worries of the world, whether it's school, your job, your future, uh, little things, but they distract us. It could be the deceit of riches, our money, our portfolio, our retirement, our businesses, and they, this can distort us. It can be our desire for other things, our passions, our sinful passions. It, this can de- derail us. And so we've got to figure out, are we living a life where we've got these distractions, like these other plants all, all around us so we can't fully see Jesus? Or Here's another way that the Lord just showed me. Um, it, if, we're, if we've got other things in our life to the place where we can't be seen, okay? Uh, when God spoke to Adam and Eve and they had sin in their life, he said, where are you? Come, come out from hiding. Uh, the encouragement of scripture would be, bring it all into the light, right? And this is the invitation of living in, in family, where we're not going to condemn each other for the sin that we have. We, we recognize that we've all got struggles. We've all got some ugliness. And as we bring it into the light, this is where we get to be in, in freedom. See, because what, what happens is a lot of times religion will continue to keep us in this place of shame. And, and, and so when I come out to the religious and say, look at this, I've got this struggle in my life, then the religious put, put you down, right? But where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so that frees us from a place of religion, and now we can live a place where we're saying, here are my struggles, and now I can have all of these people praying in faith and believing with me in faith that I'm going to get delivered out of this, that we're going to get this lifestyle out of here, that I'm going to continue to grow in righteousness and look more and more like Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there, there is, is freedom. And so if we've got some distractions this morning in our life, let's just make note of them. Let's just say we're taking all those distractions, we're going to chop them down, and we're going to be fully on fire for Jesus going straight ahead towards him. The other type of soil that we see here is the one that's been cultivated well, the one that doesn't have uh, the other stuff in it, the distractions, and this is the perfect place for these seeds to grow, grow in. This is the perfect environment. This is the ideal environment where we've, we've weeded it out, where we are fully growing deep in our roots uh, as we move from il- illustration into truth and what this actually means. This means that we are encountering God every single day through scripture, prayer, and worship. 
that we are pressing in and growing our roots deep to understand about God and what God's word says about, about God and what God's word says about us and what God's word says about the people around us and the world around us. So where's our heart? How's the soil of your heart this morning? As we, as we talk about that on a personal level, I've built in some extra time here this morning to just talk about the soil and the ground that we stand on as a church and to bring some, um, just some realistic conversation around it from a shepherd's perspective. I, I, I don't believe that um, it is of any benefit if we were to keep everybody in the dark and just hold on to the stuff going on behind closed doors. Um, that's, that's not the way the church. It's not bringing into the light. And so I want to just communicate about the current state of our church, the ground on which we stand. And so uh, a few weeks back, I began to communicate with you guys as a church about some of the financial struggles that we were having. And as we have um, positioned ourselves and moved past that point, uh, we've had to make a number of changes and a number of cuts that began with Megan's position and then Kaya's position. And uh, very recently, we've had to uh, we've been unable to pay Pastor Nick as well. And Pastor Nick has been able to find another job, um, and we're grateful, praising God for that. We're continuing to pray for provision for you and your family and Megan and, and all of these people. But uh, as, as we look at where things are at currently, um, this puts a number of different responsibilities on me. Again, not to make anybody feel bad or anything like that, but I think it's important that we understand the reality. And so for me, this looks like uh, obviously what I do here in front of you. It looks like connecting with leaders just like I have. It looks like um, doing website maintenance. It looks like uh, the social media presence, the videos and, and things like that. Um, it looks like cleaning the facility. It looks like facility maintenance. Um, and everything, everything in between. So I am your guy for, for this season. Again, do note that I'm saying season because I believe this is a, a season that we are in, and seasons, seasons change. But our financial council has been watching, well, we will be watching weekly as our finances uh, ebb and, and flow, and if we're not where we need to be in a couple of weeks, we will then need to cut into my paycheck as well. And as we do that, we live pretty close to uh, paycheck to paycheck. That's just kind of where we're at in this season. Uh, we, we steward our money the best that we can. We're not living extravagantly by any means. Um, the only debt that we have is just the mortgage that we pay on our house monthly, which is uh, praise God, lower than many people will pay for, for rent. And so praising God for that. But as we would have to adjust my pay, um, that's going to be, at least on paper, me becoming bivocational. And so uh, that looks like, normally that would look like uh, me getting a job 
another job outside of the church in order to fulfill those those requirements. Um, Looking at the job market here, in order for me to make up for those losses, um, it would be having to take on a a full-time other other job in order to make that happen. And um, I've got a wife who earns about three times more than I do when she works. And so what this may look like is me working a little bit more at home, doing some homeschooling with the kids and focusing there while she does a little bit more of work. But this is a, a building season. I just want you to know where you're sitting. I want you to know what you're a part of. We're building something here. And I believe it is, is needed. We believe that the best is still yet to come. Amen. That we've seen some really cool things. We've been a part of some really cool things. But the best is still yet to come. We have visions of not being a small church forever. We, uh, not because we're amazing or not because, and if you've ever felt like you've heard me say this, please hear that that was not my heart, but not because we are better than any other church at all. That, that is not the, the heart. I, I just believe that what God is doing here is, it's special, it's unique, it's, it's important. I believe that Southeast Idaho needs a Bible-believing and teaching church that doesn't just talk about spiritual gifts, but examples, trains, and sends in spiritual gifts. I believe Southeast Idaho needs a Bible-believing church that is not just teaching women in senior leadership positions in the church, but examples, trains, and sends them. I believe Southeast Idaho needs an evangelizing army that's not just handing out encouraging tracts, but walks in signs, wonders, and miracles where Jesus, his touch is felt, and then they can be taught. I believe Southeast Idaho needs a church with all of these things where the pastor doesn't celebrityize their office and instead focuses on empowering other people. God is calling us to be this. He's calling us to be a a transformative force, glorifying Jesus, submitted to the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so here's the encouragement and the call of the season. If you haven't fully jumped in to saying, this is my church, we're building here, I'm a part of this, I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care if this is your first day, but if you feel like that is your heart, jump in. Let's, let's build together. We gotta build together. Now, our, our mindset of how we handle this season, um, as we continue to build, obviously we're gonna hit areas and times of conflict, of things where we're like, oh, this this isn't really working out the way that I had imagined it was going to work out. What we do in those seasons, whether it's on our own or as a church, is that we pray for direction and we get ready to pivot. And as we pray for direction here at Rise, we do that in an individual fashion where we're saying, all right, God, what, do you, what, do you, what direction do you want me to go in? How do you want me to pivot? What is this going to look like? And then we process it as executive leaders and then sometimes as a leadership team. And then in certain circumstances, we invite the body or the members of our church to also speak into that. And we do that usually when it comes to our financial counsel. And so the way that the financial counsel works is that myself and our financial counsel will think of people who would fit this position well, and then we would bring them to you guys to be ratified, to say yes. We feel good about them or we have some concerns. We've been doing this practice yearly because things change in people's life yearly. 
And as we did this this year during the ratification process, there were some concerns that were uh, brought up about a couple of our financial council members. Now, these concerns have nothing to do with their walk with Jesus. Hear me when I say this. These concerns have nothing to do with their ability to steward funds. These concerns have absolutely nothing to do with their leadership abilities. These concerns have nothing to do with their any type of moral concern. Uh, these concerns only had to do with their ability to engage in this season in ministry right here in front of us. And so I just want to communicate that to us as, as a family. Um, Pastor Steve, we know that he has been walking through the medical stuff that he has been walking through and so hasn't been able to be here and engage with us. And so for this season, we are um, taking him off from the financial, financial council. Um, Tamara Wolf has been unable to engage due to just the fresh season of retirement for their family and getting to spend time with their family, which is not a bad thing at all, again, right? So just so we're all clear about this, this news, this isn't bad news, this is just updates. So for this season, I'm heeding the ratification process and having them taken off from the council. Again, this doesn't mean that they won't be able to serve, um, it doesn't mean that they're not great leaders. In fact, they still are people who speak into my life. And I would invite them to continue to do, to do so. And so when you see them next, please just say thank you for your service. Thanks for all you've, you've done. They are worthy of, of that. But this is, this is all about being a building season. Here at Rise, we are building something. And so the question is, as this is the ground in front of us, how can you be involved in the building? How can you be a part of building here with us? First and foremost, I believe everything is launched forward by prayer. And so prayer has to be a central part of our lives, praying in our personal relationship with Jesus, but also praying for the ministry that's taking place here within, within our church, praying for ministries and the impact, praying for people to be saved and for people to take continual steps with Jesus. So write that down. Be, be praying on, on a normal basis for things that are taking place. This is one way that you can help us build in this season. The second way is really easy. It's show up. Show up. The effects of a small church with a regional habit of attending once to twice a month, let me just say this, your presence is really felt. In a church our size, your presence is really felt. So if you want to help build, show up. We, we, would love, we would love to have you. It's one thing if you're in a season of structuring where you've got to you know, give specific focus to your family or whatever the situation may be, and that's totally cool. So there's no shame in not being here every Sunday, and that's, that's not what I'm getting at. I do not want this to be like a religious thing where you have to follow the rules and show up every Sunday. That's, that's not at all what this is, but it's an invitation for more. It's an invitation to, to jump in all the more. You can invest Build in relationship with people. Look around the room and see, are there people here that I haven't heard their story? Are there people here that I don't actually know who they are and what they're like and what I can be praying for on a normal basis? Let's build that. Let's press in there. And so here's how you do that. Hey, Cindy. I think your name's Cindy. You were up on stage, right? Yeah. Uh, I do not know anything about you. I would love to have a meal or some coffee sometime. Um, it'll be on me. And you're going to say, yes, absolutely. 
And, and that's, that's how we do it. We get to know each other. It doesn't matter how long you've been here. Uh, you're here now, and so let's, let's build together. Um, another way that you can help us build is giving on a normal basis. If, if this isn't something that you have built into your walk with Jesus of giving financially, it's, it's something that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about where your heart is there also where is where your treasure is. And so we want to ensure that we're building into the kingdom. And so giving is another way to do that. You can also meet with a leader. Like this is, this is really important. And it also makes us leaders feel important. Because we get to actually like sit and pray with you. We get to hear your story. We get to pray and ask what steps could this, be, this person be taking to grow in more and more relationship with Jesus? This is the vision of what we want to accomplish. We want to help each other to grow up. And then um, joining a group as we've been really pressing in this season, um, and then showing up on time. On time, it, it is, is helpful. Um, but here's the reason why. And again, it's not legalistic. I just want to take a couple more minutes and, and share my heart. Worship team, if you would come and, and help me begin to close. Um, I want to talk about the atmosphere that, that the Lord has given me vision for here in our church. Just to invite you into such an atmosphere and invite you into contributing to such an atmosphere. And it comes out of Psalm 27.4 where it says, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. It's just simply this. I want to live in an environment where we are, our faces are set to press in for the presence of God. We want to come, we want to meet here, we want to be in the presence of God, we want to recognize the presence of God together. We want an atmosphere where we just can't wait to get together to worship Jesus. I want our church family to be so hungry and desperate for a mighty move among our church that on Sunday, we're going to show up like extra early. We've got a prayer room that opens up at about 9.30, and I, I just want to, I want to pack that thing out. Like, I want standing room only, where we're, like, having to, like, stand sideways to fit in the room because we've got so many people in there just praying that God's going to come and move. And there's going to be such an urgency that things are going to be bursting at the seams at that about at 948. We can't wait to take that fire from the prayer room and then move it into the foyer and go and greet people and go and grab on people and go and love on people. Some of those fiery people are going to be led to just go grab those people and say some things like this. I'm so happy to see you. God's got something special for you today. Just these simple, these simple statements of faith that we don't, we're not just speaking out, but we're actually prophesying it out. We're saying this is going to happen. God's got something for you today. It makes, it makes my week to see your face today. Will you sit with me? We want to pray and ask God to move mightily in this church today, but especially in my row. We're going to get it in my row. And so come and sit with me. Come and press in with me here in my row. Or I see you sitting alone. May I sit with you? Would you mind praying with me? I just, I just need God today. 
because that should always be our attitude. I'm desperate for God. While some will be grabbing people, firing them up, other people will feel an urge to join the ministry team up here at 10 Till for pre-service prayer. You're welcome always to come up here and pray with us. We're just speaking out the things that we are asking God to do. And as countdown gets closer and closer and that music ramps up a little bit, that urgency gets a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer, perhaps so much that my seat just won't be close enough. My row just won't be close enough. And so we grab someone and we tell them, I'm not leaving here today without getting something from God. I'm pressing in. Would you join me in worshiping up front with me today? By the way, that wasn't prompted with, with Kaya as she was dancing up here and pressing in in the altar space, this space is always welcome for us to press in. For those of us who are saying, I just want to be closer, I want more. I'm desperate for Jesus. The altar space just gets bombarded and there's barely any standing room available up here because we all got to get more of Jesus. And by that first note, I've already got a grin on my face because I know that God is here and he's moving. I don't need to be convinced or shoved forward to raise my hand in worship. The Bible examples it. So by that first note, I'm not waiting for anyone else. I'm going in hard. Both hands. All the way. We're talking like goalposts. Hey! I don't really care what anybody else is thinking about my, my worship. My attention, my focus is on Jesus. My voice is on loud so much that they've got to probably turn those speakers up to drown me out so they can hear the worship team. There's no words for this part of the song. Well, I've got more than enough words to express my love to Jesus. And so I'm singing my own song. I, uh, for me, I'm, I'm terrible at dancing. I'm not one of those to get a whole bunch of TikTok followers from my killer moves. I don't even know if they use that term anymore, killer moves. But God's worthy of my whole body in worship. And so my hands are going up, my legs are bouncing a little bit, and a few jumps may just be what is called for. When God speaks a, word, a verse or a word or a picture to me, I'm writing it down and I'm bringing it to one of the pastors to be weighed to see if that's something that ought to be shared with the whole body if, or if it's for an individual. When the word of God is being taught, I'm, I, I know that I'm, I'm growing today. And so I'm waiting for God to speak. I've got my pencil or pen or my, my app open. I'm ready to take notes. I've got a look on my face that says, I'm excited to be here. I'm ready for that Holy Spirit download. I don't care who's bringing it. I don't care what they sound like. I'm getting something and I'm gonna be happy about it. So I'm practicing my active listening skills. I've got my, my eye contact going on with the communicator. I'm nodding and I'm tracking with what they're saying. I'm chuckling at jokes, occasionally out of honor. Thank you for that. When the communicator invites us to consider something, I go there in my head because I know it's not just an invitation from them, it's an invitation from the Lord to step into that place. When the communicator is reading more than, than freely sharing, I understand that this part of the message is supposed to be delivered with precision, like a scalpel. When the communicator is excited and more actively engaging, I understand that this part of the teaching is supposed to be like a hammer, hammered in. I understand that both are necessary, and no matter the delivery, I'm getting something. And when I get that divine download or that point really hits me, I'm going to verbally encourage the communicator, saying, Jen, that was so good. Wow. Amen. You're bringing it, Pastor. Help us. Teach it. My goodness. Come on now. Amen. 
I know that as I learn and as I validate that I am learning, it adds to an atmosphere and an environment here that encourages others to grow and encourages others to press in. And so we're helping build this environment for all of us to grow in, in Jesus. As I'm taking notes, I'm grabbing something that I can encourage someone with. I'm going to take something from here and I'm going I'm to drop it on someone else. I'm going to call out the gold in someone else's life. I'm going to encourage someone else. I'm noting things that I'm challenged with. And because I've gotten good stuff from God today, because God has moved in my life today, I am choosing to respond during the response time. So at the end of service, when we have things ready to respond to, we're, we're going to jump on it. And then after we respond, I'm going to pick up my mission once again, and I'm going to engage people. Saying, this was, this was so good today. My favorite part was dot, dot, dot. What was yours? Keep the conversation going. This is my fiery Sunday morning. This is the atmosphere I want to continue to grow, continue to propel forward here at our church. And so while we attend to our personal hearts today, we want to ask the questions, am is my heart indifferent towards the Lord? Is it superficial? Is it distracted or is it receptive? And then also we give attention to the ground that we're working together as a church. God has more for us, friends. God has more to do here in Southeast Idaho. God's got more to build and you get to be a part of it. Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us today. I really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus. If this has been a blessing to you, there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due. Uh, we would love if you would give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.